Hello and welcome to podcast 31 from Football Anya, your home of Dutch football, available via YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm Michael Statham and as usual I'm with James Rowe and Michael Bell. Lots to get through, as always. We're previewing the Netherlands friendlies with Slovakia and Italy, celebrating the Dutch under-17s Euro 2018 triumph and answering your Twitter questions sent in with plenty of reaction to early transfer news, including Marcel Brands, PSV and Ajax. Let's start with the Adani friendlies coming up against Slovakia on the 31st of May uh, and Italy on the 4th of June. Uh, fellas, what did you make of one of Koeman's squad selection this time around? And do you think there's more experiments this time or is there a bit of consistency developing? I personally think there's a bit of uh, consistency, to be honest, with uh, Drone and uh, Prupa once again and Hartebor. And I'm also really pleased for Rud Forma, you know, to be um, called out as best player player of the year in Belgium. And he's um, he's had a very good season. And um, as I said before in the pod, when Koeman got the job, you know, this, uh, this is very much early days where uh, I think he'll just try to slowly get a nucleus together. And if you look at the names that have been called up and you look at all the, all the positions as well, um, I think it's uh, I think it's promising signs. And also with the goalkeeper, Sergio Pat, I interviewed Vifa uh, Siersma, who plays for MK Dons not so long ago. And he, uh, in his words, Sergio Pat is the best goalkeeper in the Eredivisie. And I would like to see Sergio Pat play one of the friendly games. Because when you're going into the Nations League um, games and... Uh, and the cut and thrust of, uh, of club football as well, you might not be able to call on Suit or Sillison. So uh, I hope that Sergio Pad plays at least one of the um, the friendly upcoming friendly games. Yeah, I feel like Kimmin's gone for more experience in the squad. He's left out the likes of Clivert till um, he's gone for Former, who's is 30 years old, but you go look at his stats this season, um, 24 assists, 14 goals in 49 games. I mean, that's outstanding in any league. And um, he definitely deserves a, a chance. Um, I'm interested to see mainly where Daley Blind comes back in. Where does he, he see him? Um, he's not playing for my United this season. It'll be interesting to see if he sees him as a third centre-back or is he going to be a left-back? Is he going to come into midfield? Finale will be an interesting little aspect on the three games um, and who's going to start up front uh, two games uh, who's going to start up front it's going to be Memphis and Babel who did so well against Portugal or is he going to try and shake up with um, you know Veghorst uh, or even Elia who's done done well in Turkey this season and could make his first appearance in a Netherlands shirt since 2012 Yeah the striker situation is an interesting one only about Veghorst in the squad he's a recognised striker it could end up with Memphis starting up front, perhaps in a two, uh, considering Memphis's fine form for Leon this season. Um, Michael, back to Blint. Where would you play Blint in the midfield defence? I would like to see him in a three in the, the centre of defence. Um, just to experiment with him there, because I think against Slovakia, he could then move into midfield and make it more attacking. Um, and I think he's got the, the ability on the ball to to make things happen from defence. Um, so if you had Van Dijk, De Vrij or De Ligt as a two, then Blind next to him, then he can step into midfield. I think he'll be strong there. Uh, as for the fr- friendlies themselves then, uh, there's a game against Slovakia and then against Italy. What do we think that both these teams can 
give the Netherlands in terms of opposition? What's going to be important there? I think with uh, Italy having a new manager and uh, and the seasoned uh, seasoned players that play at the top level, I think that will give them a they'll give them a competitive game. And uh, I think with it being in Italy as well, I think you know in the environment of uh, of not so much hostility, but going to a big European nation, especially away, I think they, that may help them in good stead for when they have to play in um, in Berlin and possibly uh, in Paris uh, in the Nations League against France and Germany. I think uh, even Slovakia as well. Um, they're going to be a tough test if you look at. Netherlands in the past few years have struggled against teams like Iceland, Czech, Czech Republic, Turkey, away from home, Slovakia is in that sort of range. And um, we're going to see, because Kimmon said he's going to stick with five-man defence. Um, this is a game that on paper you'd say Netherlands would win, but can they dominate with the five-man defence or is it going to be hard to look against a team that they should be beating? Um, I want to see it how he structures it and how it changes throughout the game against a side like Slovakia. I think Italy will be a tough tough game. They've got a point to prove as well. Both of us are not going to the World Cup. It's a new start for them as well and they'll be very eager to get a first win under Mancini. Yeah, you're right. I think it's about time we saw how Koeman's going to help the, the Dutch side attack as well as defend. A five-man defence against Slovakia seems a little bit of a, a daft decision, but if he can get it to work and get the full-backs really high at the pitch, um, it'll be good to see how, how he can adapt to that formation. Um, I'm going to kick off our Twitter questions. Our first one is from David. Um, he does say here, what would you consider to be the main reason behind Haaland's failings in international football in recent times? I think actually we've talked about that, a lot about that on our website in the past and in previous podcasts and maybe a more p- positive outlook on that now actually. Would you guys like to answer what's already changed because we have seen the failings in terms of the selection, the quality of players that have, well, that have been lost recently due to retirement. Um, but what do you think now has got better from these failings? I think the professionalism of selecting a decent squad um, and having a manager that's got experience to know what players to look for and what exactly they need in creating a team in order to be, to be competitive again. I think the Dutch FA really cut their nose off despite their face when they let Danny Blind have so much time for a manager to only have one year experience managing Ajax uh, uh, you know to be to have not enough experience in knowing what a team needs and adapting to different tactical situations to to give him so much time and then the uh, the soap opera of, si- of sounding out potential um, potential successes and not being uh, direct and not being uh, not being fully aware of what exactly they want this appointment with Koeman, although it's come in theory four years too late, better late than never. You see, if you look through the latest squad as well, from as I said uh, just a moment ago, with the um, with the positions for the upcoming friendlies, you know, there's a lot more consistency in terms of uh, the sensibility of names that you would pick. And um, it's it's still early days, and um, yeah, I think uh, I, th- I think they're on they're on the men now. It will still take a long time. It, it won't happen overnight. But uh, they're on the men to slowly become a, a competitive team again. Yeah, I think we won't really know if it's going to be a success until <clears throat> we can see if we actually qualify for the next major tournament. But I think more positively, we've got the right man in charge. He's picking the right players. The It's now a team now, I think. There's not really that star name you can pick out. You can say Virgil van Dijk's probably the best player we have, which in the past, you're looking at 
Van Persie, Snyder, Robin, all being guaranteed a place in the team now. They're try- I think Cummins got to gel players that work together, and that's going to work well going forward. Um, and I just hope that, for once, I know it's I've said it before, but I think a lot of people underestimated that the past two tournaments, Netherlands have actually had tough qualification groups. Um, you know, France and Sweden isn't an easy group, and I think everyone's like, oh, Dutch football's like a demise of Dutch football, but, you know, France and Sweden is not an easy group. We shouldn't just expect to get through these ones, so I think hopefully going forward, you know, we might get a bit of luck, say, like England, and get an easier qualification group and uh, reach the final tournament. I think we've only got more to look forward to as well. The Dutch under-17s won a year of 2018. How good were they? How 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 promising are this group of players? I think they're very promising. Um, it's difficult to tell at this age group. Um, if you look at the teams that have won in the past, you know, everyone's won it in it was 2011 and 2012. Um, only a handful of players from each side have actually gone on to feature for you know the full squad. But you know, watching this team, like there's a few standouts that look top quality, um, and a few that I think are actually near and ready for first-team football in the Eredivisie. Some of them even already there, like Kenzo Goodman of AZ. He's already made his debut, albeit in a friendly for AZ. Um, I think if you're looking at the likes of William Van Gelder in the centre-back, um, Dijon Radan up front, a Hatter on the wing, um, Whataburger in midfield and Ryan Gravenberg, these are players that over the next few years we're going to see in the Eredivisie, definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, some absolute stars in that team. And I think... Uh, I was talking to you about this the other day, Michael, that Dacian Verdun, the team star player who plays for Chelsea, perhaps could be with Vitesse uh, next season on loan. The fact that he wasn't the standout player just showed how well Case van Vondel and the manager got the team together. And it's so good that he's going to be working closer with Onokuman next season. He's going to add that real team ethic to the whole squad and... It was just so good to see that there, that, that there wasn't didn't have to be a standout player to dig a team out of a sick situation. They knew they could rely upon each other, and if they worked hard together, they'd get a result. They did win uh, the quarterfinal, semi-final, the final, all on penalties. There was some luck involved, but I think we would have said that it, they were pretty hard done by had they been knocked out in the quarterfinal. Because they throughout the competition, they were the strongest team. They did have the best-looking players in the pitch. Um... And, I, and, and our standout player as well wasn't Dacian Verdun, who we all thought it would be. Um, we personally think that the goalkeeper, Joey Cordovard or Liam van Gelder, the Ajax centre-back, were two of the best players. And I think you're right, Michael. There are going to be lots of players that will be playing um, first-team football next season. I think it's a real shot in the arm as well for the country. You know, the way that um, when the ladies won the Euro 2017, everybody took, took, um, sat up and took notice. And I think they'll do the same with this young group of players as well. If you look at Case Van Wondelo as well, he's done extremely well to, uh, to to make them into champions. You know, this is a man who had a career playing for Nakbreda, Nijmegen and Feyenoord and started out as a scout at Feyenoord before um, taking on uh, under-17s and, um, and other roles as well. So uh, I think he deserves a lot of credit. And it'd just be interesting to see the... The players involved with their clubs like Ajax and I said, if they get enough time to develop and if they get if they receive enough uh, receive enough confidence as well, you've got the likes of uh, PSV, Ajax, I said and Feyenoord 
but also um, you've got uh, Mamengi at uh, FC Utrecht and um, Tavsan at Sparta Rotterdam. So it's um, be interesting to see how these young players are brought along. Yeah, I just hope as well that just because they've won Euro 2018, it doesn't make them the best young players in the age group in the world at the moment. Um, they, they There is a reason why the Dutch and the 17 seem to win this competition and yet then don't end up winning the World Cup, for example, with the senior team. The development somewhere along the line goes wrong. Um, and it was it was almost ironic the way the Dutch faced Italy as well in the final of that competition. Neither team is going to be at the World Cup. So well, let's just hope that these players are handled properly because there is so much potential there and it's just so exciting to see them play so well. Um, moving on slightly, but sticking with our topic of young players, um, we've got a question from Pure Fitbell who asks, how far do you think the Coke Miner brothers can go? Um, there are two Coke Miners brothers, Turn Coke Miners RZ, as well as his brother Pierre Coke Miners. Turn has um, had more first team action than his younger brother. Um, what do you guys think? How far can they go? be interesting to see, especially in the case of um, the one that plays for RZ. You know, the, the, John van der Brom and RZ in particular have, um, have invested so much in youth in terms of a new sport, uh, sports complex and training centre. And they're really reaping the benefits also with the likes of Christil as well. So I think with, uh, with RZ also playing European football this year, that's... Um, they really believe in uh, in the youth setup they've got going, and um, I think that will pay dividends for them and and the um, and uh, the cold miners um, as well uh, as players in future. I think if you look at Chin and what he's done in their division over the past season, um, he looks a top quality prospect. He's already part of the Netherlands under twenty one squad. I think his breakthrough year was impressive, and um, we'll see what he does over the next. 12 months of next season um, I expect AZ to once again challenge for a top 3 spot next year even if you lose your hand by cash um, you know where Calvin Stang's coming through uh, Boadu as well um, we're also looking at Gronabeld of NAC I think if they can get their attack sorted even if they lose Veghorst and your hand by cash I think there's young players coming through um, and Coop Miners is going to be you know, the controller of that midfield next season. Um, per, he's, he's another top talent. He's only in the AZ under-19s at the moment. I think he'll be looking to make his debut for young AZ next season in the Erste Division. Then we'll see if injuries or, you know, he might get a chance in a cup game. Um, and we'll see how he does in the Erste Division next season. But uh, his older brother looks definitely a top prospect for the future. Cool. Um one of the biggest topics we've had this the past month or so has been Marcel Brands' uh, move from PSV to Everton um, to be to be uh, the technical director at the club. Um, we've already talked plenty about how he's going to help Everton develop, but what's that going to leave PSV with? Because uh, question from Gareth: With PSV losing Brands as sporting director and some have already left. Um, could PSV expect to have a transi transition season next year whilst they rebuild? You know, who's going to replace Brands? Is it going to affect the squad? No, I don't think so. I think what's going to happen, the, the latest here in the Netherlands is what's going to happen, is that they're going to have a, a reshuffle behind the scenes where, for example, they've got the likes of uh, Frank Arneson and uh, Jan de Jong, who's the main chief scout. I think they're going to have a reshuffle where they're 
maybe you're going to ask more of the the players but uh, the people behind the scenes to uh, to take on maybe more responsibility and, uh, and to multitask a little bit more um i received an awful lot of um interest from everton um fans on twitter about the news with uh, marcel balans and the translation i did with his uh, dutch media interview for football and you as well um everton have got someone if, who if they let them get on with the job can really really change everton from the inside in terms of the players they start to attract and the thing with balans as well is balans worked at psv for eight years and um you know it, it had to take something special to prize him away but i think he, if you if you look when i listen to his interview as well i think he thought that he's got to take this opportunity because it might not never come again you know this is a player that this is a man that when he played in his career for final amongst others and never played abroad and um you know i think he thinks this opportunity can't be turned down but i think um i think he did ever so well behind the scenes being the main link between the the backroom staff and the playing staff and and the board level and i think just psv have become so professional um especially in recent years you know when there was um financially a little bit um it was there wasn't struggling but they had to be very very careful and in particular with the general director Tom Gerberans, who was really really decisive in making sure that the, the right people were in the right places so i, I don't think they'll uh, I don't think you'll see them um, struggling PSV next year. I think you'll see them making inroads in Europe and I think you'll see them fighting for the title again. Yeah, I think PSV will be fine next season. But there's some interesting quotes coming out in the past week that um, Gaston Pereiro seemed to indicate that he was open for a move because, and he also said that Brands was very influential to him because he was very comforting of... Pereira when he dropped out of Koku's side. Um, so I wonder if there's a few other players that are looking to exit now that Brands is gone and they're all hoping that he maybe takes some of them away to Everton. I know Herving Lozano has been linked. Um, Luke de Jong jokingly said that maybe he'll get a move to Everton, but I don't think you know he's not really Premier League quality at the moment. Um, but the next man who comes in has got a hell of a job trying to replace him. Um, and it's interesting to see what squad PSV have at the start of next season but then again they say the same for Ajax and Feyenoord they're not exactly stable themselves at the moment so I don't see a, a transitional season for for PSV because I think they'll start the season as probably favourites um, you know Brands has still got four days left that PSV says he's got to try and complete some deals before then I know uh, Angelino of Manchester City the left back he's their main target um, to replace Joshua Brennan and they're also looking at Denzel Dumfries of Heerenveen. That's two excellent signings if we can get them in. Yeah, good players coming in, but um, despite the top three clubs usually facing a busy summer in terms of incomings and outgoings, uh, PS3's best players, the players that actually did impress, may all leave. You know, Lozano, Van Hinkle, um, as well as Arias, Issy McMurray. And that makes it's going to make it so tough to replace them. I, I'm not really sure whether they're going to get the right um, sort of experienced players in to deal with Champions League or Europa League football, whatever it may be. And Marcel Brands was was he was really good at getting the right player in. Whether that was Guardado, for example, who he was a, a top quality player for the level of football that PSV play. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a tough season for PSV next season. I don't think they're going to get the the right players in 
to replace those that are left. I think it's still early days in the transfer market, Michael, as well. I think um, I think a lot depends on who they'll get drawn against in the uh, Champions League uh, qualifiers. The same goes for Ajax. In the case of Ajax, it's been uh, made apparent they will be drawn against uh, Pauk Saliniki or Sturm Graz from, uh, from Austria. But uh, it's still it's still early days, and um, you know it's going to be uh, an interesting season next year. The the managerial merry-go-round as well. There's only one vacancy le- left now, and that's at uh, Excelsior. And the pace upon which that has all come together has been has been frenetic. I, I didn't expect to, um, I didn't expect all the posi- upcoming positions to be filled as quickly. I know the clubs have to help themselves, but in the case of uh, Hedekles with the German flank Wilmoth. And um, and then at Slutsky at Vitesse, I'm not entirely sure if uh, if they are the right choices. But I, I must say, um, I tip my hat to Nagbeda to get uh, Mitchell van der Gaag in as their new manager because I think um, I think he'll do very well with a, a slightly bigger budget and uh, the, the reputation that Nagbeda has. I think um, I think that's a very good move indeed. Yeah, Mitchell van van der Gaag, um, Excelsior manager going to Nagbeda. He was my manager of the season uh, for this slash last season, whatever you want to call it. And I do think that now he's got a bigger budget to deal with, he can really take that club on. Um, I know I said that about Edith and Haag leaving Utrecht for Ajax, and I was a big fan of that as well. But I do think van der Haag has got what it takes to take Nat to the next step, like you say, James. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree, and I thought I thought your pick last season was also very good. And um, you got to remember as well, this is a manager that's managed for five years in Portugal. And uh, had relatively good success with uh, Belenens. I think he got them promoted to the first division. And um, if you look at the other um, the other appointments as well, you've got Danny Baus at Groningen, who's relatively inexperienced. And you've got uh, Jan Older, Rikerink, who used to manage Galatasaray in at Heel and Fein. And um, I feel I feel a little bit for my mate Molly Stein because I really thought that that that. Um, that the, the, the next move was coming for him, but it was very telling in one of his last interviews of the season where he said uh, uh, post-match that clubs have approached him, but it hasn't necessarily been what he wanted. And uh, I, f- I think he's, he's done very well to be very choosy, but it, and also as well, um, I think that's only a good thing for him to be choosy in the long run, and I hope that something does come of it for him eventually. But um, I'm also quite mystified as to Willem Tvey appointing Adri Costa. You know, Adri Costa is 63 years old and uh, I think he was assistant at Willem Tvey about 30 years ago. And I really thought that Willem Tvey were going to go for um, Jack de Gier, Jack de who's, uh, who lost in the final round with Almira City. So I think some of the appointments, I'm not saying they're bad, but I think a lot of them have, have been quite rushed with the exception of Nakbreda and um, only time will tell if they um, if they turn out to be successful or not. Perhaps uh, the word uninspired is comes to mind when I think of some of these new manager appointments. Um, I just, I just this... think they've been rushed, my, uh, Michael. I, I really do. I mean, I read yesterday that uh, Nijmegen are in the driving seat now for Jack de Gier. They, uh, it looks as if he's going to leave Almere City for Nijmegen. He was previously um, assistant to William Flute and he used to manage, he used to train the strikers there. But uh, I fully agree, it's, it's a bit uninspiring and although we'll have, uh, we'll have much to talk about over the summer, I know predictions are very, very premature, but if you're looking ahead to managers who I think are going to do well next season, then I would say Dick Lukin of uh, Emmen, Henk de Jong of, um, 
of the graafschap and Mitrovanagar of Nachbreda. I know this isn't what we were planning to talk about in this podcast, and it's probably a little bit off the rails, and we will talk about Ajax uh, transfer dealings very shortly. But I, I'm just looking at the teams that are coming up. Uh, FC Emmen, De Graafskap, Fortuna Sittard. Um, they're not the, the biggest named clubs, and the players aren't the, wo- the most well-known. And arguably some of the biggest talents lie with teams that are still in the second Dutch division. Uh, that tied with some of the transfers I'm noticing this summer from the likes of uh, Groningen, Heracles. They're targeting players that are playing in the German third division, I've noticed so far. And um, to me, this does look like um, a slight weakening of the league. Because typically, if you're going to have a player from Germany, you normally see that Eredivisie clubs target the uh, lower Bundesliga clubs or second division clubs. But it seems like a very, very much a change of tack recently from Eredivisie clubs in terms of who they're going to sign. Is that money? Is that a sign of the times once again for the Dutch division? I think it's a combination of both. I think I think you've raised a very, very good point in terms of the players they're, uh, they're targeting. But um, also as well, it's, it's about having the right people in the right places to spot. Um, to spot potential talent and, and to bring them over the line. Marcel Brands at PSV was extremely good with that. And uh, obviously Ajax bringing in Perseus from Fortuna Sittard and, uh, and those um, along, along those lines. I think, I think it's because here in the Netherlands, if you're, if you in, in an accountancy sense, if your account books don't match and you continuously to, um, you continuously uh, ignore the warnings put in place by the Dutch FA, if you don't heed those warnings, you can be, your, your professional license can be revoked and you can be put back into amateur um, football. I'm not saying that the clubs are necessarily struggling, but I think there's more emphasis behind the scenes at the lower end of the Eredivisie to make sure that the books are all in order so that they don't struggle uh, to meet the demands of the Dutch FA because the Dutch FA also categorise clubs in terms of uh, financial supervision. And if a club is, when they present their accounts at the end of the year, if something is wrong, the Dutch FA will look at that and think, well, we've noticed that this is wrong. This is what we advise you to do. And I, I just think, um, I think some of the clubs are being overcautious, especially Willem Twee. I think they're being overcautious in their, uh, in their managerial um, approach. I think they're being overcautious with, uh, with the, with players as well. Because yes, they had a very bad season with Owen van der Looy, but it's Willem Twee have enough in the tank if they get things properly. Um, organised to 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 try to get into European playoffs, a la Groningen and in uh, and Vane. So um, I think it could be some some um, some teams being a little bit overcautious in it with the financial aspect. Um, let's move on then. Uh, let's go to the questions we had in our Twitter, and I think we'll start with um, Ajax or Matty because he asked a question about um, the dealings that the Roma are trying to strike with. Ajax is Hakim Ziyech, Justin Klavert. Um What what is the deal with that? What why why are these players so keen to leave Ajax now? I think the case in the case of Klavert, um I think there there was rumours that they were they were planning to sell him without his uh, without his knowledge. I think um, I think with him having uh, I think Mino Raiola, Raiola as his as his agent, I think that's been. Uh, 
I think that's been well documented. But I also think as well that um, Areola is is not all what he's made out to be. I mean, I I've interviewed Philip Sandler recently, who has Mino Areola as his co-agent together with a uh, Rodriguez who used to play for I said. And um, when they approached him about the interest of um, of Manchester City, because there were in- there was interest uh, from PSV and I said and uh, and other top um, Dutch clubs, but Manchester City really sold the project to Sandler, and um, he decided that he wanted to go. I think in the case of uh, Arsenal, I think they've done it. I think they're doing exactly the same to Justin Kluivert. I think they're selling the project of what the club wants to achieve long term in, in terms of uh, stabilising their position, a new stadium, growing as a club. And I think um, I think he's interested in what Roma have to say. I think it's likely he will go to Roma. I think it's much more likely than Tottenham. Yeah, I think one of <coughs> the way and things that came out of these quotes is um, for the future of Ajax is their salary cap. Um, they said that if they wanted to keep Clivert, they'd have had to break that and no player at the club will, you know, can earn more than €1 million Euros a year, which you know it sounds like a lot of money, but when you think about clubs around Europe at this moment, that's, that's not big wages. And if you're someone like Clivert, who has ambitions to be one of the best players in the world, if you're getting told that you're not worth uh, you know, somebody paying just a few thousand more to go over the salary cap then you're going to look elsewhere especially if big clubs come and start offering loads loads of money and uh, I'm glad he's picking somewhere like Roma over a Manchester United or a, a Tottenham or a Barcelona I think Roma's a good stepping stone um, for Clivert and one where you'll, you'll get opportunities in Serie A next season because um, I think Roma will sell quite a lot of players that now he reached the final of the Champions League and he's going to be all the eyes will be on him, it's just up to him. I think a lot of people are coming out of Netherlands now and actually a lot of people are criticising him for leaving too early, but some people say, well, if he's if he thinks he's gone far enough at Ajax and say Ajax drop out of the Champions League and don't get into Europe next season, what's he really going to learn from staying for another year? Whereas Roma are going to be guaranteed Champions League next year, guaranteed that he's got to come up against tougher defences, it's only going to make him a better player. So I, I can see why right now why he'd want to leave. Um, in terms of hacking Ziyech, he's just ready to leave now. He's been in the Eredivisie for for years and it makes sense for him after World Cup with Morocco that he's going to go elsewhere. Um, he's outgrown the Eredivisie, definitely, and uh, if he does go, Roma are getting a very good player. Um, the quotes in the Italian press say €50 million Euros for the both of them, uh, €20 million for Clivert, which is actually... Not too bad for somebody that's coming into last year, the contract, and 30 million for, for Ziyech, which is a big profit for Ajax. I think the profit will be uh, what they paid for him. I think they paid 15 million euros to security services for, from Twente. Um, Ziyech turned down Sampdoria when he was at FC Twente. He didn't want to go to, um, to Sampdoria. Um, I think he may well end up at Roma, but I think this Serie A will, would suit Ch more than uh, Clivert, I think. I think, and um, I'm expecting Morocco to have a very good World Cup as well, and it'll be interesting to see if um, Ch um, replicates the club form he's been showing for Ajax this season, uh, and how many uh, takers there will be for his signature. I think it also goes to say what 
sorry, what um what you were saying, Michael, is that if clubs around like Groningen, Excelsior, Emin, all these clubs are gonna start signing third division German players, the players that play at Ajax and PSV they're coming up against weaker and weaker opposition each season. And it's only gonna benefit their game to go to these these bigger leagues, I think, in the future. I totally agree. No, that's a really good point. And that that's kind of what I was trying to say about the whole league situation because at the end of the day, the top teams are going to lose these bigger players because they're just going to get so turned off by the opposition they're facing. Unless you're in Europe, you're not going to learn much from playing with like Ajax. And whilst I used to be on the side of um, Justin Clavert must stay at Ajax, now I'm starting to think, well, why not move abroad? Why not have that extra challenge? Um, maybe he needs that fresh start. And there's been all sorts coming out of Ajax. And that interview that I saw with Clavert. Uh, he clearly isn't happy at the club. It seems as though he will move. Um, so if that's Ziyech, Klaverts, De Ligt, perhaps as well, all, all leaving. Um, Cam asked on Twitter, he hasn't heard many rumours about goalkeeper Andre Nana. So why is that? Is Nana going to leave, leave too? I think Nana wants to leave. I think he's made it quite clear that if a suitable club comes in for him, that he will, uh, he will take the option. With Matthias De Ligt, I'm... I'm I've said it once before on the pod, I think at least one more season here before moving because I would hate to see a player of his quality sat on a bench at Tottenham, Manchester City or Barcelona only playing cup games or Champions League dead rubbers because that's just, that's no good to him. I think he would much, uh, I think he'd be a lot better off if he just, um, if he just had one more season here playing week in, week out, being involved in the national squad. And if De Ligt is going to go somewhere, then I hope he goes to Bayern Munich because Bayern Munich have also been, uh, has been muted of being um, in for him. And I think Bayern Munich, in the case of De Ligt, would bring him on. They wouldn't just sit him on the bench to play uh, German Cup games. They would play him in specific Bundesliga games. Yeah, another player that um, may leave Ajax is Frenkie de Jong. Um, but I do not think he should be leaving at all. And I think playing with Ajax is something that he definitely needs to do, uh, along with De Ligt. They both need to stay and develop some more. Um, Tweet Mika asked, uh, what will Ajax do if these players that are rumoured to leave do go this season? Um They've already lined up some replacements. We've talked about Perskurs already, the centre-back from Fortuna Cittad. Um There's also Lisandro Magallan, uh, a South American centre-back, who's 24, I believe, and he'll be playing perhaps alongside Skurs, uh next season. So that's the defence shored up. And then Ajax have been linked with, with several midfielders to replace some outgoing players. But let's not forget as well that Ajax have got a, an outstanding academy. Um... They've got all sorts of talents coming through. We saw them play with the Dutch under-17s as well. Um, however, I have got a few doubts about the Ajax Academy. Let's remember that uh, Dacian Verdun left Ajax to join Chelsea um, as a 16-year-old. Let's think why he did that as well. When I spoke to him, he said that he thinks Chelsea is, is a better place to develop. And he saw the facilities and was very taken aback. And Will used to marvel at Ajax's um, facilities. So... Who knows where where academies such as Ajax will be in the future? It's a very interesting point. It really is, and especially if you look at the um, the money that Arsenal have put into their academy as well. I think um, you made you made a point about the Argentinian centre back coming to the Netherlands at twenty four, and Tagliafico arriving last summer. It's interesting that South American players 
between the ages of 20 and 25, or maybe 22 and 26, are arriving to the Netherlands, and yet young players from the Netherlands at 18, 19, 20 are looking to leave come hook or by crook. I think it's a very interesting comparison. And um, I think it, the backroom, um, backroom staff at Ajax and with, uh, behind the scenes with Van der Sar and Overmars, they, 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 Overmars obviously signed Labiat and they've signed uh, Perschus. And um, this has got to show a bit, a bit more intent and, um, because they haven't won the league for four seasons and expectations are high. And uh, yes, the difficulty with uh, Abdul Nuri last summer and the upheaval with Marcel Kaiser. But they really expect the four-year hoodoo to come to an end uh, this coming season. But they will have to start extremely well and continue to add to their squad beforehand. Yeah, they've already signed um, Hassan Abande as well. From He was playing in Belgium last year. He's very highly rated. Um, that would be a replacement for Clive on the left if he was to go. <clears throat> um, Labiad I think is another good signing um, and he can come in slot in where, where Ziyech was I think what's important next season is that Ten Hag he continues to give these youngsters a, a chance um, we saw Mizrawi coming into the side um, you know you've got a few coming through like Sirhus up front you've got Iting in midfield um, Perescur is just joining it's important that these players get a chance because then other you know, players on Young Ajax or under-19s will see that look, at Ajax, the road to the first team is is only going to be a couple of years. If they go to Manchester City, they might end up like Delroson, who's, who's stayed in the under-19s and under-23s, and now he's had to go to, to Hereford Berlin. Um, so it's important that they keep giving these academy players game time next season, because um, there's plenty of them coming through that could make a difference. Two questions left on Twitter, and I, I think we should go real quick fire on them. Um, where do we think Jordi Classy will be playing next season? Dutch midfielder who was with Southampton has been playing with uh, Club Rouge uh, on loan. Um, where do you think he'll be? Do you think he'll be returning to the Eredivisie next season? I think it's possible. I think uh, maybe a, a return to uh, a return to final, maybe. Um, but uh, it'd be interesting to see if, if Club Brugge actually want him to stay I don't know if he's been an important part of their um, of their success this season but he's also been away for a while and was quite unlucky at um, at Southampton so if, if I had to pick one team where he may, he may well return I'd think he may well return to his former club in uh, in Feyenoord in that respect I don't think he'd go back to Feyenoord just because they've signed Ayub they've got Amrabat and they still have El Amadi unless like Two of them leave this summer. I don't think there's a place in that midfield for for what Classy brings. Um, maybe if he stays in Belgium, I don't think he's going to get back into Southampton side. So either Belgium or he's going to get picked up by maybe a mid-table Bundesliga side or you know a lower Serie A club. Interesting. Um, and finally, what about what about Vincent Janssen, Dutch striker? He left out the Dutch selection for the upcoming friendlies. Uh, where do you think he'll go this summer? I I don't know. I, I I know he's been playing for Fenerbahce and he, he needs to play games. Um, depending on the clubs that come in for him, uh, I think he needs to evaluate well because if he has a year of playing solidly in Turkey, like Bad Bad Dost had when he was playing um, for Sporting Lisbon, 
I think that may well may well do him good if he's playing regularly for Fenerbahce. I know I know he's played a, a fair few games and it, it was difficult for them when they lost the Turkish Cup final. But um, I think he just has to choose carefully. I mean, his um, his his rise was rapid and uh, was on fantastic form with RZ before signing for Tottenham. And um, and things can change very very quickly. So I think um, if he is presented with new clubs, I think um, I think it's going to be um, I think he's got to choose very carefully. Well, he missed most of the season for injury, and I know when he came back, he only made a few sub appearances towards the end of the season. And uh, I don't think Fenerbahce fans were were too impressed by what he saw. So I don't think he's going to go back there. Um, there's rumours early in the season that Besiktas might be interested, and there's some rumours in Spain that Sevilla are after. I think Sevilla would be a great club for him to go to. Um, what's important is he gets regular game time and can try and get back to that form that he showed at AZ. It's not going to happen at Tottenham. So I think Spain would be a good move and maybe even Germany as well if he can get a club there. It's certainly dividing opinion where he'll go next season. I think he'll be back in the Netherlands and I also think he'll be back with RZ. There's been a previous podcast. I just think that He'll want to go back to um, familiar surroundings. He has actually been linked with a transfer to the club since I said that. So who knows, the move could get a lot closer. If Arze can progress in European qualifiers, he might fancy that. He might fancy a bit of European football. Going back to where he did so well. And maybe after failing with Fenerbahce, he'll realise maybe it's worth taking a step back to a place where he knows he can score goals. Can I just make one final point about the playoff winners? I just wanted to um, tip my hat to uh, Dick Lequeen, who managed to get to FC Emmen promoted for the very first time. He left his role as assistant at FC Groningen and he's, um, he's really coming to his own. I've recently interviewed Siersma and, uh, and also uh, Timo Letzfeldt, who plays for uh, Sassuolo. And when I spoke to both of those players, they mentioned about um, how good a people manager he is and that he really gets the players motivated and they really want to work hard. And I think we'll be seeing that in the um, in the Eredivisie next season. And also to Henk de Jong, who stabilised uh, Cambuleuarden and has now got uh, the Graafschap promoted. And um, I think um, I think his stock will rise next season. And I think you'll see um, I think you'll see the best of him. And I think his reputation will also grow. Grow. Right, nice one, fellas. Um, thank you again, as always, for listening to the podcast. And thank you, James and Michael, for talking to me. No problem. More than welcome anytime. No